Voyage. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everyone. Robert and Jack here from Seven Land Productions to introduce the next episode of the Fever Dreams podcast, and that's... That is what, Jack? Uh, this one is Pieces of Eight. It's a probably the most Twilight Zone-esque episode yet. It's about a guy who takes a vacation down to Florida after a bad breakup, and then things get really, really weird. You're never going to guess how this one ends, guys. Enjoy it. She left six months ago, before the nightmare started. At first, they were once in a while. Lately, they're every night. I didn't have them before she left, but her leaving was just so sudden and for no good reason. I mean, over a hobby? Really? And honestly, it's not that weird a hobby. It, it just seems strange if you already know me. Madison thought it was weird. It annoyed her to no end. At first, I didn't think it really had that much to do with why she left, but when she did, she made sure to give it a pretty prominent place in her breakup tirade. So, yeah, I'm into collecting coins. Is that such a crazy thing? Lots of people are into numismatics. Sorry, that's a little bit nerdy. That's what coin collecting is officially called. It's a very common hobby. Madison thought it was for little kids and... On top of that, she really found my area of specialty, Spanish coins of the 1700s, to be strange. See, the reason I'm into those coins is that I'm really into the history of the golden age of piracy and the age of discovery. All the history of seafaring from the 1600s and 1700s. That's not weird, right? Well, okay, it is if you know a little bit about me. See, I'm from Oklahoma, and I haven't left here much. In fact, I've never even seen the ocean in person. And then there's the fact I can't swim. When I was little, my mom got me lessons at this lake, and I don't like to talk about it, but I almost drowned, and no, I can't swim. And I guess the thing that makes it really strange, the thing Madison thought was so funny, I sell boats for a living, bass fishing boats for all our lakes around here. It's a pretty good business, but the nightmares have gotten worse since they announced the new sales quotas at work. Come on, Rick. They're only asking for one more sale than you had last quarter. And this is a better time of year. You'll be fine. I don't know. How many sales did you have this quarter last year? Six boats, six trailers, 
Oh, and a couple of engine upgrades. <laughs> so what in the hell are you so worked up about? I guess you're right. It's just the nightmares won't stop. You're winding yourself up too much, and the nightmares are because you fall asleep every night with your TV playing DVR pirate shows from the High Seas Channel. It's pretty simple. Yeah, maybe. Back home, I thought Mike was probably right. I took a hot bath instead of a shower. Can't remember the last time I did that. But Madison always took a bath when she had a hard day. Anyway, I felt pretty relaxed, watched a ball game instead of my usual stuff, and went to bed. <sighs> but that didn't stop the nightmares. I don't think I slept more than half an hour all night. Dave, my boss, he could tell. Shit, Rick, you're looking like 10 miles of bad road. I know. Didn't sleep again. You'll make that quota easy. You're the best salesman in the region. What are you worried about? I, I don't know. It's just, I'm... You're still down about the breakup? That's what it is. You need to move on. Get back out there. Yeah... Maybe you're right. Not maybe. I'm right, and you know it. Dave was right. I mean, it was crazy what I was going through. Every day, work, home, surfing the web for coins, try and find something new on the High Seas Channel, fall asleep for a max of an hour or two, and then the nightmares. Then I wake up. Can't get back to sleep and do it all over again. It sure didn't feel like the right time to start dating again. But after a couple of weeks, I'd made that sales quota easy. My boss had been right. Guess what, Rick? They didn't tell me about this, but there was a bonus for the most sales in the region. And guess who got that number? I, uh... Yeah, that's right. I, uh, you. You got it. Five grand. Wow. So will you do me, you, and all of us a favor and go take a vacation? Yeah, maybe I should. Of course you should. You know what? You should head down to Florida. Go see some of those pirate sites you're always talking about. Yeah, but alone? Hell yes, alone. You think I ever have fun anymore on vacation with my wife and kids? No way. Don't worry about anything. Take a couple weeks. Head down there and just bum around. Do whatever you want, whenever you want. Maybe you'll even meet someone and get what you really need, laid. I went online and booked a plane ticket to Florida as soon as I got home, leaving the next morning. Arranged for a rental car, didn't plan anything else. I got so excited about the trip, I just thought I'd figured the rest out when I got there. I drove away from that airport in Orlando and made right for the coast. Didn't take long at all, and there it was in front of me, the Atlantic. To most people, it's not that big a deal, but I mean, here I am in my late 20s, 
and this is the first time I'd ever seen the ocean in person. And yeah, it took my breath away. I just stood there a while, then I got back in the car and drove down the coast. I just didn't want to let the ocean get out of my sight. There were coin and memorabilia shops every few miles. I stopped at every one. I only bought a few little things, but it was so great to talk to the shop owners, you know? Finally, to meet some people who share my interests, not just messaging on socials. It got dark, and I was pretty tired. I saw this cute motel on the coast highway and decided to stop for the night. Some old, unretired guy got me my keys. I got into the room and the bed. Then I realized I could hear the waves on the beach. Even though all my nightmares had been about shipwrecks, the sound was probably the most comforting thing I'd ever heard. I slept like a baby and woke up late. I figured I'd check out, get back in the car, and do some more exploring. But then I saw her. (laughs) I was walking by the motel office on my way to the car. There she was at the front desk talking to the pool guy. She was stunning. Long red hair. Even through the window, I could see her eyes, huge and green. The first thing I thought was, right, red hair, green eyes, just like Madison. But my God, she was a thousand times prettier. I found myself just staring, and then she looked right at me through the window. I'd been caught, but she just smiled at me, and I don't know, I just went in there and said hi. Um, hey, I'm Rick, 104. 104? That's one of my best rooms here, Rick. I'm Linda. I run the place. She was so easy to talk to, (laughs) and she just kept smiling and laughing. I hadn't felt so good in, well, maybe ever. I wanted to ask her out to dinner that night, and it wasn't even hard to work up the guts to ask. I'd love to. I know a great place. So what do you like to do in your spare time? Usual stuff, I guess. But then there's what brought me here. What's that? I'm into history. Uh, Pirate history around here, you know, and the Caribbean and the East Coast and the late 1600s and 1700s. And, um, so that led me to collecting coins from that time period. Fascinating. Really? No, but you are. I couldn't believe it. I let the coin collecting and the pirate stuff slip, and she just carried on like I told her I ride dirt bikes in my spare time or some other normal type hobby. You know, there are a lot of places right around here where pirates used to hole up. Yeah, so much history all around here. Does this feel a little awkward? It doesn't have to be. I started kissing her in the parking lot of that restaurant. When we got back to the motel, we went right to my room, and Linda spent the night. I know it sounds cliche, but it wasn't sex. It was making love. It'd never been like that for me before. Not with Madison, not with anyone, not ever. Linda had to go to work, but she told me about some cool memorabilia shops in town and some historic sites. I got back to the motel, and it was still early. Linda was still working, so I took a walk down the beach. It was incredible being that close to the ocean. I even took off my shoes and walked in the surf a little. Then I noticed some dunes further down, out of sight of the motel. Right in the middle of the dunes was this old, gnarled tree, and it seemed to be growing out of a pile of rocks. It was kind of strange, this grouping of rocks and this old tree right in the middle of these dunes. 
I got up to it and I had the strangest feeling like I'd seen that tree before. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I got a cold chill all the way down my back. It's the way I felt when I woke up from a nightmare. I got back to the motel in a hurry. I met Linda back at the motel office. She told me she'd planned a special night. She had gotten together some food and was going to take me to a pier in the next town down the coast next to a marina. We could relax and watch the ocean in some boats. It sounded great to me, especially after seeing that tree. I told Linda about the tree. People get feelings like that all the time. Well, yeah, but it's kind of different for me. How? I have nightmares. Rick, everyone has nightmares. Every night. Every night for months. What about? I'm always... It's always at sea, in the past, like in the pirate age. The same every time. The ship is coming apart. I'm thrown into the sea. My boss says it's because of all the history stuff I watch. That sounds reasonable. But there's more to it. See, this is really embarrassing, but... I can't swim. You never learned? Kinda. See, when I was little, my mom got me a lesson at a lake... That's all we've got in Oklahoma, of course. I I guess the guy wasn't looking, and I couldn't float, and I almost drowned. I was under the water, and the last thing I can remember is this darkness closing in. How old were you? About four, I think. Anyway, the guy realized what was happening, and he dove down and found me. He had to lay me out on this dock and do mouth-to-mouth and all that. That's terrifying. Yeah. When I came to, my mom was screaming at him, and... I've always been too scared to learn. In fact, I was embarrassed to tell you all this before, but I'd never even seen the ocean in person until I got here the other day. And you sell fishing boats for a living. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you're here now, and we found each other. I don't know about you, but I get the feeling it was for a reason. I hope so. Good. And one of those reasons is to get you over your fear of the water. Linda, I don't... I know. You've had the fear too long. You're too old. Yeah. At this point, yeah. But you trust me, don't you? Yes, of course. Then this is what we're going to do. My brother has a boat. We're going to go out on it for a start. You'll wear a life vest, and I'll be with you. But... You're going to do just fine. My brother will take us to a cove we know. It's secluded, and the water is as calm as a swimming pool. When we get there, I'm going to teach you to swim. I never thought I could do it. You can. We can. We're going to do this together. I can't believe I'm saying this. But okay. Good. Let's get back to the motel. The second night with Linda was even better than the first. But in the morning, she was gone. She left me a note saying she needed to get started early in the office. Even though the office was only steps away, the only thing I could think of was Madison leaving me that morning and never coming back. I didn't want to be creepy and go check that she really was in the office, so I stayed put. But before I could decide what I might do with my day, a huge storm rolled in. It was a hell of a storm. The winds were so high, it was all I could do to push the door open to get a look. So I just turned the TV to the High Seas channel and hung out in the room all morning. By about midday, the storm let up, and I went by the office to say hi to Linda. Well, 
I went by to make sure she was there. She was. But she was working, so I went out to see if the storm washed up anything interesting on the beach. There was some driftwood, shells, plastic bottles and stuff. I made my way down the beach to where that old tree was in those dunes. That place creeped me out pretty bad the first time I was there. But I thought about Linda and what she said about facing fears. And I went right up there. I got to that pile of rocks under the tree and I could see the rain had washed away a lot of dirt. There was a gap between the rocks, kind of a trench. So I took a look inside. I could see there was something in there, but I had no idea what. I dug in with my hands to widen the gap. It was easy, the earth was all soft from the rain. Suddenly I realized what I was looking at. (gasps) Scared the shit out of me. It was a human skeleton. Just sitting there, totally intact, nestled in there between the rocks with the tree growing out of the top like some kind of grave marker. The skeleton had a coin in its hand, just sitting in an open palm. I recognized it instantly, a piece of eight. I don't really know why I did it, but I picked the coin up and pocketed it. Then I got the hell away from that place. I guess I had some kind of instinct. I couldn't shake that deja vu feeling that I'd been there already, and more than just the other day. As soon as I got back to the motel, I told Linda to call the police. It wasn't long till the local news was on the scene, then the national news. The chief of police took me to his office for an interview. And this is just how you found it? Yes, sir. How do you think it got there? Well, there's a missing person case from the next county that's about 30 years old. The kind of guy a number of people wouldn't have minded being rid of, if you know what I mean. You think it's him? Might be. Might be. On the way back, he took me with him while he stopped by the morgue to see the coroner. What have you got for me, Chris? Hate to disappoint you, but he's not your missing person. No? Well, let me put it another way. He's missing, all right, but from around 300 years ago. That's at least how long ago he died. Guess that takes it out of my jurisdiction. He could have been here since the 1700s? Not it. He. It's a male skeleton, and yep, seems to be around 300 years old, give or take. More tests, and we'll know more about him. The police chief gave me a ride back to the motel. Hell of a discovery you made. Wonder what his story was. Me too. I mean, that timeline, he could have been a pirate. (laughs) Could have been, son. We've got different pirates around here these days. The drug-running kind. This is the most excitement we got around here since the girls get their tits out on spring break. Thanks. I didn't tell anyone about the piece of eight in my pocket. Not the police chief, not the coroner. Not even Linda. Don't know why, but that part I kept secret. I guess I didn't want to give up the coin if they asked for it. When I got back to the motel, I met Linda at her place. As a perk of her job, she gets to live rent-free in a full apartment on the property. She cooked me dinner and everything. It was great, especially after the day I had. Jake is really looking forward to meeting you. Um, how protective of a brother is he? (laughs) Don't worry, Rick. I'm the older one anyway. You and Jake are going to get along just fine. Trust me. I'm 
just not sure about going out on that boat. That storm this morning kind of put me on edge. That? We get those thunderstorms all the time around here. Don't you get thunderstorms in Oklahoma? Sure, but with the ocean and all... It's no big deal. Besides, the boat has plenty of life jackets and you'll be wearing yours the whole time. You couldn't go under wearing one of those if you tried. (laughs) Okay, I'll go. Great. We got to the marina first thing in the morning. Linda had the whole day off. Rick, Jake, Jake, Rick. Great to meet you, Rick. This is going to be fun. Jake was a lot like Linda. Friendly, fun, and he and Linda even wore their life vests the whole time just like me. I guess to make me less self-conscious about it. It worked. This is the spot, Rick. Wow. Beautiful. Jake had taken us to a cove. It was so calm, there really weren't any waves. Jake took the boat into shallow water, close to the shore, and dropped the anchor. Are you ready? Guess so. You'll be fine. She taught me to swim, remember? Really? You bet. It should be shallow enough to stand here. Look, it's only up to my stomach. Yeah. Yeah, Here, leave your vest on and just swing your legs over the side. Got it. Okay. Not so bad. Kind of like a bath, right? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Now, I'm going to hold on to you. Just lean back into the water. I'm not going to let go of you, and you've still got your vest. Just lie back. I won't let go. I promise. Way to go, Rick. That's great. This isn't so bad. I told you. I couldn't believe it. I was floating in the ocean. Linda asked me if it was okay to let go of me, and I said yes. I floated right there in my back for a little while. No anxiety, no fear. Then I took off the vest, and Linda had me float and even swim a little on my own. I could just stand right up in that water. But it did it. I was swimming. Now the real fun starts. What? Back in the boat. You'll see. (laughs) You see, Rick? I knew you could do it. I guess you knew. I did. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're going to love the next part. Jake took us to another beach not far away. Linda said it was a prime spot for snorkeling. And you're going to snorkel. I don't know. You are. You'll wear your vest. You'll hold my hand. All you have to do is float and look down at all the fish. You know what? Yeah. Let's do it. I had to get used to the mask and breathing through the snorkel. And even though I'd seen undersea stuff on TV a million times, I I just couldn't have imagined it. All the fish, all the space under the water. I held Linda's hand tight, not because I was afraid, but just from the wonder of it all. Rook. What? There's a storm coming in. We better get back on board. We've got to get back to the marina in case this thing blows up big. Is everything okay? Sure. Don't worry. It's just not a good idea to stay out here if it gets worse. I'll go get the anchor. Linda, get the engine started. It's not turning over. The anchor's snagged. We need the engine. It won't start. Let me help. Grab onto the anchor line. 
It's still standing. He's got his vest on. Rick! Rick! Just hang on. I hit the distress beam. The Coast Guard will find us. The Coast Guard did find us. At least they found me and my brother. They went back out after Rick, but they didn't find him that day. And we knew what the odds were. The police chief came by to tell me the Coast Guard had given up the search after a couple of days. I'm sorry, miss. I don't have any idea how long I'd been drifting in the water. A couple of days? I didn't have long. Sure, I had my vest and I was floating, but between the dehydration and the sun, I was almost blind. And then I saw it. It couldn't have been real. I could barely see anyway. I couldn't even call for help. It was a galleon, a Spanish galleon, right out of the early 1700s. What is that around his neck? Water, bring water. They laid me on the deck and poured water in my mouth, but it was too late. Then I saw them, a man. He looked like Jake, but he was wearing the clothes of a Spanish aristocrat. And right next to him, it couldn't be, but it was a woman. It was Linda, but wearing the same kind of fancy clothes. And then... He's dead. Bury him here, in the rocks under that tree. We can give him this coin for his journey. Take this with you, traveler. So what did she have to say? Nothing. Couldn't find her. The brother? Nope. They've gone up in smoke. Disappeared. Are you serious? You bet. I've already alerted the FBI. They can't find a trace of him. You think they murdered him? Don't know. From what you're telling me, we got ourselves a 300-year-old skeleton with modern dental work that fits a 28-year-old fishing boat salesman from Oklahoma. And the teeth weren't just popped into that skull? No. No way. I, mean, I can't begin to explain it, but there is no way those teeth belong to a different body. It looks like a man from three centuries ago had composite resin fillings. None of this makes sense. If you were trying to get rid of a body, this ain't the way to do it. You just wouldn't. Even if you could. So? So, 
I don't know. We'll see what the DNA from the skeleton says. <laughs> I've got those results. And? They say he's about 300, give or take a few decades, year old, 29-year-old man from Oklahoma who sells fishing boats. Fever Dreams, a pulp collection, is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by Nat Mundell, Robert Midas, and Dan Benamore, in association with Robert Lamb and Jack Austin of Seven Lamb Productions. This episode, Pieces of Eight, was directed, adapted, and produced by Jonathan Rosenthal, based on the short story of the same name by R. James Gurr. Editing and sound design by Jackson McLennan. Original music by Derlis Gonzalez. Starring Ray Carcillo as Rick. Additional cast credits available in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening, and subscribe now for future episodes. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Schmo Brannigan. I have hacked into this RSS feed with a promotional feature for the Wizard Scroll podcast, transcribing in three... Two, one. Hold on, let me unfurl this wizard scroll real quick. Fire! Went out of Baba Boy. Nowhere, ten humongous scorpions had surrounded the campsite. Tails outstretched. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Uh, can I get take your order? As it says, what are you gonna get? I don't know what I want. I'm gonna get the double, uh, triple uh, lobster. Oh, I'll take one too. Two McLobsters. As if on cue, the camera panned upwards, directing everyone's attention towards the giant hot air balloon presently taking a pass over the stadium. Holy mother of sassafras, it's Gargo the Destroyer! Leaping into the frame from 420 feet in the air without a parachute! The Wizard Scroll is available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and wherever else fine podcasts are found. This concludes today's promotional feature.